when you show up and you're scared to make a change, I'm so happy, right? Think, like, because I'm just like, oh, great, you're unhappy now, you're going to feel better because you're ready for that to change. You don't know it. You think you're not ready. But clearly you're in my chair because something needs to change, either your mindset or your circumstances. And I know I can get you there. Life is so tremendously full, isn't it? So many ups and downs, especially in the last tumultuous year. Many of us have been taught to be good little soldiers, to just take what's ever coming at us and swallow our emotions and keep on going, that we should be individually able to take it. But in fact, that's an old story. Today we're going to talk about the new story, which is you don't have to do it alone. We have the joyful, the amazing queen of talk therapy, B. Arthur. We're going to talk about talk, about talk therapy, how and why it works, and how you can get the most out of it and learn to think like a therapist yourself. I wanted to talk to you about talk therapy and online talk therapy and what's been going on during COVID, but I think I'd like to just start with kind of a a personal check-in. What's going on in your world these days? Wow. So yeah, so my my main thing, my business baby, what I'm known for, what I was am called and drawn to is my passion for mass market mental health care. Um, I love talking about bad things. That's what made me become a therapist. I've been a licensed mental health counselor for the last 12 years, trained out of Columbia University, and I've been in psychology technology specifically for the last 10 years. Um, my last company was one of the first to move therapy online with video. Uh, we were With that company, I was on Shark Tank, MTV, NPR, and I was the first African-American female founder in Y Combinator. Um, and then Talkspace kind of came out of nowhere and ate my lunch, but... I hope the message is perseverance because I kept going, I kept watching the market, and I kept following my bliss and my passion. And so I figured since I was the first to do it with voice, I mean video, I might as well be the first to do it with voice. So we built the first Alexa skill for therapy, and that's my new company, The Difference, where we believe the right talk at the right time can make all the difference, and we connect you with a therapist in 30 minutes or less. Uh, that was our, our, our first entry to the market. Um, Alexa has since had um, kind of a bad reputation. <laughs> around privacy. So we paused on delivering through Alexa and now we deliver it as a voluntary benefit. So we've mostly been serving corporate counseling um, for the last two years. I'm really proud to do that. But yeah, so much has changed, especially in the last year. Online therapy was still taboo. Now it's an essential service. Um, so like like what I've been telling our investors in the press, it's a terrible time, but it's our time <laughs> for, for online therapy, no doubt about it. So really glad to be of service during this moment. That, that it went from being taboo to being an essential online service. Let's just pause there. Talking to someone, having someone presence what you're going through and meeting you emotionally is life-changing. Can you talk just in general about what, how talk therapy benefits the, the person who's feeling bad? Like what happens in their body? Yes. Yes. So, so thank you because people always avoid, people kind of avoid talk therapy like the plague. You know, everyone's like, oh, I can handle it. And we work really, really hard to keep these guards up our defenses of up and what I like to say is keeping the lid on the pot. So like, you know, when you're boiling spaghetti and they're going crazy and you're just doing all your best to just, that takes up all of your energy and your energy is finite and negative emotions are especially draining. So if you were using all your energy just to keep your emotions under the surface, you were doing yourself a disservice. You were doing your soul a disservice. And more importantly, what Americans focus on is that you're doing your functionality a disservice. What mental health, you can be anything. We can, we, humans are pathological 
and erratic in all sorts of ways. It's not an issue. We don't consider it from until it's dysfunctional. It interrupts your functioning, your mental processing, and your physical state because mental health and physical health are very explicitly tied together. So um, because we are animals that need to survive, our bodies were not wired to sustain this level of stress chronically and consistently for this amount of time. So what talking about it does is diffuse the energy, right? It lets it out because the energy, guess what? It doesn't go away until you do something with it. So some of us join a fight club, some of us join the gym, some of us meditate, but most of us just ignore it. And guess what? It ends up manifesting in your body. It ends up magnetizing in your body and your relationships, all that stuff. So the main thing that talk therapy does for you is lighten your load. You're thinking about it anyway. It's not in your conscious self, but it's existing very actively in your subconscious self. So it really just lightens the load, diffuses all the tension, diffuses all the conflict. And just the idea is just to make you feel lighter. I like to say we kind of like fluff you down and lift you up. So that's kind of like how I explain it to my anxiety clients. I think that's beautiful. The idea that it's this the amount of energy it takes to keep the lid on the pot uh, shows up in your body as fatigue, right? As exhaustion, as like, I'm not really interested in doing anything. Back pain, giant grind in your jaw, insomnia, bad skin, tummy aches. Yeah, it'll show, it's energy. It'll show up in your cells. You, you can actually measure for cortisol. And, and the other side of the consistent stress that we're seeing is loneliness, and, and people forget humans are tribal creatures. We were meant to travel in packs. We need each other to survive. And so with Corona being disconnected from society, the people we like to love and most importantly touch, because and as I'm sure you know, touch and pleasure add joy back to your body. They add healing cells back to your body. So loneliness, they've actually done studies. There is more cortisol in your urine on days that you spent by yourself than there are on days you spent with people. Because in the animal kingdom, it meant you were less likely to survive. You were more vulnerable. Nobody was feeding you. Nobody was loving you. So these are really important things and physical markers that we can use to track our actual mental health. I'm going to get that little urine test you do for your pH and just test my cortisol. Can we do that? That'd be- you, we really should. Hey, new product, new product idea. I actually love that idea because people don't believe you. People will come in my chair and I'll be like, oh yeah, you're depressed. They're like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, I could prove it. <laughs> Spit in my hand, but then it gets kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, so it's being met and, and having your cortisol come down. And then there's also this piece of Sometimes you don't even realize the kind of twisting you're doing in your thoughts and that there's completely different ways to think about it when you're witnessed. And that's a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's also like just examining your thoughts with someone who's seen it all, right? That's the best part, the reframe. Like this is a useful skill to use in anything, right? Just the benefit of perspective. And this is what I wish that we could acknowledge. Anybody who has different perspective or options of their perspective has privilege, right? Because the main thing with stress, life, struggle in life, stressors in life are inevitable, but the people who do best with it, observe it. They don't absorb it, right? They can experience a negative thing without it overwhelming them. And now you're stuck. Now you can't think about anything else. Now you can't function. So yes, what a therapist does is help you reframe it because there's so few things that actually are unsolvable problems, right? People will carry around this burden with them as if it's like unfixable. And that's why I'm depressed. I'm stuck. It's not going to get better. And usually people come in and you're like, you can change your mindset or your circumstances and then you won't have this mental health issue any longer, but they are so wedded to their lives, to their habits. And the numbers bear it out as well. You know, 95% of our thoughts are repetitive 
and 80% of those thoughts are negative. This is what research shows, that our body needs a certain amount of information to survive each day, so it runs the same plays and scenarios over and over again. And unfortunately, the human mind is trained to look for danger, but we interpret lots of things, perceived slights, an annoying boss, uh, a text message not received quickly enough, you know, too much news. You know, today is the, the, you know, we find out, I haven't looked yet, but we find out what the results of the Chauvin trial, you know, that trial are. So if we're not constantly checking ourselves and actually deciding for ourselves whether I want to engage with this, whether it actually is as severe as I think it is, um, it really helps to have somebody. And in Spanish, there's this really great saying that I love. Forgive me if I get this wrong. It's dolor compartida es dolor um, divida, which means that pain shared is pain halved, is pain divided. Because when you release it, when you have somebody saying, not that's not a big deal, because saying that's not a big deal or get over it is um, toxic past positivity. It's a direct invalidation of an emotional experience. But if you're saying, oh, okay, this has happened before, it would be weird if you didn't feel this. This is something that is now within your control. Then, then it's easier to feel like it's more manageable. The pain, the trouble is temporary. And yeah, that's one of the, the best benefits of therapy, the, the privilege of perspective. Yes, I got observe, don't absorb, disconnect from your habitual thinking, train your mind, and this idea of pain shared is pain divided. I've been doing a lot of work in the collective trauma space the last few years where you actually get to see what happens when people heal in relationship and that it doesn't even have to be you being healed. Someone can stand up in the middle of the room and be worked by a gifted therapist or a gifted practitioner and anyone in the room who is sharing that issue simultaneously is healed just by being witness that you're not alone in this thing that you'd kept secret. How does that work on in the online platform? Are you doing any one-to-many? I love group counseling. It's actually found to be more effective with certain conditions such as eating disorders, um, g- general addictions in general, um, support groups. It's better when you can compare, right? Because in some of these things, the shame is so deep that you wouldn't even admit it to yourself, let alone to someone else. So to be able to say it in a safe space where other people feel like you do, group counseling is phenomenal. So yeah, this is something we do a lot of content um, when we'll launch. We really like to do a lot of psychoeducation and teaching emotional literacy so people can start to think like their own therapist because that's the goal. Some therapists want you to be with them from the time you go through puberty through your, your funeral. I don't think that. I really want you to start thinking like I do about you, which is that I only want the best for you, which is what you want. I'm watching you. I know how you think. And and if the individual starts to learn how they think and is no longer a creature of habit, then you can direct your life. You can design your life. You can program your mind. Because as we've seen through media, people are programmable. And unfortunately, our emotions are the most easily manipulated because they're illogical. Our minds are very logical, but that's why you fall in love with people you shouldn't, right? Because love is more powerful because it's completely illogical. <laughs> um, and it's it, it's all based in emotions. So if, if you can find a way to really engage with and consider your emotions information, um, that that is, I will be so pleased if I leave this earth and people understand their feelings and moods better because of me and the difference. They will. That's already happened. So you get your wish already. So what have you seen during the COVID period? What are the kind of things that people have been wanting to talk about? What's been bubbling up? What's been changing in them in the aggregated sense? Yes. So I'm a woman. It's a really big part of my identity. I believe in the divine feminine. I don't think we have enough divine masculine. 
I don't even think we have enough healthy masculine in this current um, <laughs> culture. Um, so I say all that to say that women have really struggled. Um, imposter syndrome came up a lot because 80% of the people who lost their jobs during the pandemic were women. Um, women who kept their jobs and were working from home and had children had to keep their jobs as well as, you know, bear most of the household labor um, as well as child caretaking. And there was just so much guilt and shame and feeling of failure. And for all the women, work from home moms have my respect for the rest of my life. I work with a couple and like, it's been the pandemic wall we breached over and over again, the, the physical turmoil, the political turmoil, the racial turmoil, but having to work and take care of your kids and keep your family fed and keep your job and provide for them as most women have done has been the most impossible task. And I just feel like I always tell my clients, look at the last time we had an apocalypse with the dinosaurs. Not one of them survived, not one. So if you are a working from home mom who survived this apocalypse, you are a goddamn star. Like you are literally supernatural. So I mean, Unfortunately, we were doing way too much before COVID. It's true. We were doing way too much before COVID. And all you had to do was survive, keep your family safe and fed. If you did that, you literally did what some, I mean, it's just divine to me. Um, so yeah, people are feeling like un, like they're cracking under the pressure. They failed themselves, their professional identities, their kids, all of that. But if you you survived, everybody went through their own existential crisis. And, and I talk about it as a separate thing than mental health, just our existential health. Like, am I a good person? Am I a good mom? Am I a good neighbor right now? When it just takes so much to survive, like little, again, our energy is finite. It's not infinite. So if you wake up with a limited amount of energy for the honor that, and if you can't do anything else, that's, that's what you had in the tank to survive that day. So please be gentle on yourself. This apocalypse, this pandemic, this uh, economic recession was not gentle on us. So the least you can do is be gentle on yourself and your family. I hadn't heard that statistic about 80% of the job loss being among women. That's amazing. I definitely want to cite that. And then you said something about there's not enough divine masculine. I was like, there's just not enough divine. Ooh. You know, there's not enough sense of being infused with like this spirit and yeah. that uh, of respect and deep love of your life where we I would love to see that re-inhabited. Yes. And the connection. And that's what I thought this was. You know, when Corona first happened, they were calling it the great pause, the great equalizer, the great reset. I did my first ayahuasca journey in 2020. So, you know, I'm very much more into like the collective and the connected. And they were calling it the great purge. You know, all the stuff that we needed to release was supposed to come up. But it kind of took a hard left. <laughs> but I do think that people are coming back to that idea of just like appreciation and respect for life, everybody's life, the earth, you know, just like needing each other to survive. The idea that we're tri humans are still animals or we're tribal animals. And, and interestingly enough, in mental health, people get the difference between anxiety and depression confused a lot because they can look and feel the same. But I always say anxiety is usually tied to uncertainty right? We, we, we're animals that need to control our environment. So when we don't know what's going on. We feel our most anxious. So obviously we automatically have that during COVID, but depression is more connected to disconnection. You feel depression when you feel disconnected from your life, a life that you don't feel aligned with or connected with a partner. And that's when you feel depressed and depression, actually severe depression goes beyond the pain of a mental health episode. You eventually have apathy, like where there's a numbness, like true, true, the base bottom line of the spectrum is, is a disconnection, which is why you have to be careful with antidepressants because they, you even see it in some of the um, 
um, antidepressant commercials that people will say side effects may be suicidal ideation. Because if you are at the bottom of the spectrum for depression, you don't feel you don't have enough energy. Again, it's you do have energy. You don't have enough energy to make a plan to kill yourself. And so sometimes if you've been staying in that place where it feels like you're shut off from the world and all you can think about is killing yourself, then you get on antidepressants and you feel a little bit better. And that's when people complete. So there, and so this is why I'm really about plant medicine and natural medicine, but most importantly, understanding yourself and your baseline. So you can tell when you're off your needs, not your meds off your needs. If you need touch, if you need love, if you need a break, that is more effective than medication management. A hundred percent. I just did this book last year, The Nine Gifts, which is self-healing mechanisms through art, music, movement, nature, all of the things. I love this that you're saying, off your needs. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. If I'm going to start talk therapy, how do I prepare myself to get the most out of it? Oh, great question. So that's what we do with the difference. We actually know, um, want to know what you want to talk about before we call you back because, you know, it's just like that little dance you know, we call it like uh, the doorknob theorem, like usually like the good stuff comes out like 30 minutes in, <laughs> you know, people are like, well, actually, I really want to talk about my dad. So really set an agenda and you can send your therapist ahead of time what you want to talk about, what you want her to know him or her to know before you start the session and how you want to feel after the session. Because that, that's the main thing. We are just partners in this. I'm, I, if I'm your doctor, I only know what you tell me. So it really has to be a partner so we can both get to the bottom of something. Most therapy, of course, deals with people's blind spots. So you don't need to be crystal clear, but you do need to know how you feel in the moment and how you want to feel after a good session or after a good um, treatment with the right therapist. Um, so yeah, and, and I think it's important to get very specific. As I mentioned, understanding what anxiety, depression, ADD, OCD, that's more you know diagnosis stuff, but you're more than your diagnosis. It doesn't have to be, have to be definitive. And, and I do encourage everybody to go in with the hope that it is gonna be temporary. You are not gonna be a high anxiety person for the rest of life. You aren't gonna have to be schizophrenic or autistic or all these things for the rest of your life. I mean, some disorders, yes, but the idea is for you to have a goal. Um, and that's one of the exercises that we recommend. We write down how you feel in the moment and one calm, just go ahead, take a bath and it be as miserable. People don't like to indulge that stuff. But as we said, emotions have information. So if you are avoiding how you're feeling, you're missing the medicine and what you need to get out of that space as well. So write down exactly how you feel and get as petty as you want to be. And then in the next column on the next page, write how you want to feel. Because you will fill up pages and pages and all your minutes and all your days about how you don't want to feel. And usually the next better feeling is like over it or I don't need it anymore. Disengage, you know, like usually because that's what peace is so much lighter and easier. So, yeah, we, we like to direct you towards peace and contentment. So you might start with something that's an active tangible, discreet thing. Like I keep getting mad about this particular thing or I keep feeling like I'm a failure at work but then convert it into an intention that takes you into a state change. Like I feel shitty now and I wanna feel light and then go into it with that information. And I feel like also there's a piece of time pressure that happens when you do these online, uh, you know, when it's limited, you have 30 minutes, you have 50 minutes with a person. And like you're saying, it's just getting good right. and beep, it's over. Yeah. Do you see any models that are 
instead of stopping out at a fixed time that people are able to extend or like while it's getting good, know when to cap it? Or how do you feel about that as a professional? Yeah, that's something we're working on at the difference where like all of our initial sessions are in 30 minute increments to start. So it is more like snackable therapy, I guess you could say. But um, it's because we have people waiting in the queue. So we connect you with somebody in 30 minutes or less just so you can have to somebody to fluff you down. But we are adding a feature where if it's going really well, you can extend the session. Unfortunately, we're still a tiny team. So if we pull somebody out of the queue, you know, that means the wait time gets longer. So it, it's kind of like a supply demand thing. But yeah, and, and that's that problem exists in with in-person therapy too. There's usually somebody afterwards. So here's the thing. Again, if it's not a patient um, doctor relationship, if we are partners, it's really helpful if you do some homework, some pre-work. Like I always suggest like after we get out of the session, what is a new belief that you identify during the session that you need to release? Because most of the stuff that keeps us stuck is fears and self-limiting beliefs. Something that says whatever's coming next, whatever's on the other side of that fear. I always say fear is interest. Fear has information for you because if you're avoiding it, it's, some, it's somewhere you've never been before or somewhere you think you want to go. And it, again, it, it's, it has information for you. So yeah, I really think that if people do more journaling, but I get that that's why people, it's hard. You know, there's so many um, automation therapy apps that are like, oh, journal about it. But in the heat of the moment, you just want to bitch about it. You know what I mean? I don't want to like get meditate. It's so hard to meditate. I want to rage. I want to punch my pillow, stuff like that. So do as much pre-work and homework and send it to your therapist as much. And we love to see it. We love to see it. It gives us more stuff to work with because some of these people like pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah, I mean this idea that you're engaged as a partner and and intending in your in your own healing process and that it's not that complicated like how to be a good therapy patient, bring your intention, you know, know how you want to feel, what's your goal and then really commit to using the 30 minutes or the 50 minutes or whatever it is in a conscious and uh, targeted way. And then you're going to have better results. I want to switch now to talking about sensuality and sexuality because that's such a big part of our pod. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, like overall, like I, we, I've been calling myself a liberation theologist because anything that stops you from stepping into your full exploration of what's true and authentic for you is, you know, a sad state of affairs for your experience of human life. Even your mention of Aya, I could go down that road for hours. But when it comes to those topics, do and your, you know, in your experience with patients, where do people get hung up on sexuality or sensuality issues, and what do you encounter most often? What do you have some advice for us? It's interesting. I always say that sexuality, spirituality, and science are very intertwined and very much kind of like on the same frequency because it's kind of similar to like religion versus spirituality. Like I was raised in the church. You know, after my family's first generation from Ghana, Africans are very religious. And I consider myself spiritual because when you're raised in Christianity or any shame based religion, it's all about rules, you know, versus when I became more spiritual and really understand love your neighbor and really understand love myself and, you know, my capital S self, my goddess self. And, you know, the goddess in me acknowledging the divine goddess in you, Christine, that didn't happen until I started getting, you know, through my awakening, through my breakdown, through my pain through recognizing what I need to left behind. And that made it clear to me that religion is about rules, but spirituality is about relationships. And I and, and that, how I treat myself, how I treat my partner, how I treat strangers. And in the same way, sexuality, a lot of these things were just rules that we were taught. And these are self-limiting beliefs. So I love that you're saying you're a liberation theologist. The first thing you want to do is write to, what a lot of times people come in 
and tell me, oh, oh, I don't want, I don't want to be at this job. I don't want to um, be with this man. Okay, well, have you thought about leaving? Oh, I can't because you can. This is what we t I tell my niece. You can. You just don't know how or you don't want to. Let's get very specific. Let's get very specific. Now, you can't tell everybody this on their first session, right? They've worked really hard. They really believe this stuff. It's hardwired. Again, people are programmable. So you can't challenge them on something that they know to be true. But you slowly walk towards them and you say, oh, well, if this were true, how come I don't do it? And again, one of the things, I, I've been out of the chair for a long time, but one of the things that makes me a good therapist is that I live my life like a free woman. I, I live my life like a white man. <laughs> I have no rule. There's, there's nothing that, I, if I'm in America, there's nothing that I can't do because that's the, that's the real freedom, right? And so a lot of women have a lot of very hard-coded beliefs about how they should be, feel, think, and act in, unfortunately, our most vulnerable state, which is is in the sexual position, when we are receiving, when we're supposed to be performing, it is literally the closest to God you can get because you're not supposed to be thinking. It is pure animal action, urgency, immediately call and response. I'm a very pleasure-centered being. It's like one of my favorite things, especially even as a, a mental health treatment. But yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of self-limiting beliefs that women especially have about that whole thing, that whole <laughs> multiverse. You know, I'm sure y'all talked about it on the pod. Yeah, we, we have. Um, but I, but nobody's ever said, I'm going to live my life like a white man. Oh, yes. I'm entitled, I'm horny, and I'm always <laughs> accidentally offending someone. And, and that's how white guys do it. And that's how I'm going to do it. It hasn't failed me yet. <laughs> with with an overlay of Ghanaian American pleasure seeker female goddess energy. All of this. <laughs> Don't you know? Same, not same. It's, it's all the same. I'm half dude. I can't hate men. They just need to do better. <laughs> they just need to do better. And they need to fuck better. And this is what I want for the revolution because guys have really gotten away with it for a long time. They get to bitch about sex. They get to demand sex. They get to cheat. And, and now that I'm in my 30s, a lot of these niggas cannot, they have no strokes. They have no moves. They're all doms, but they can't even like ride. You know what I mean? So I feel like when women, when men can express emotions and women can express desire, it'll really get us to that equality and divinity that I think we're seeking in partnerships, I hope. Okay. So I want to tie that to what you said before about uh, saying one thing and doing another or saying you want something and not acting on it. What I learned early on is that if that's happening, then there's another value that's trumping the one that I'm saying I want. And that that value can often be security or approval or belonging, something like that. So in this move toward articulating your desire and stating them out loud or stating your need, how wh what is the trick in knowing that, okay, this is like putting me on the edge of my fear that I might might be judged or lose something, like navigating the speaking it out loud piece and accepting the risk and the ambiguity that come with it. Like this might fuck my life up. Yeah. You know, I might lose something and being okay with that. Yeah. Something my coach challenged me with during my awakening, because it can feel scary at anything unknown. You are going to fear. You just don't know your body. Again, 95% of your thoughts are repetitive because you only know how to survive what you do on a day to day. So I have a lot of empathy for people scared of what's on the other side of change. However, Every good thing that's happened in your life happened because something changed. That's just how it goes. Life is change. It would be weird if you stayed five forever. It would be weird if you didn't change after your first love, after the, the first person you lost 
to death. Did It would be weird if you weren't fundamentally changed. So I really challenge people. And therapists love change. When you show up and you're scared to make a change, I'm so happy, right? Think, like, Because I'm just like, oh, great. You're unhappy. Now you're going to feel better because you're ready for that to change. You don't know it. You think you're not ready. But clearly you're my chair because something needs to change, either your mindset or your circumstances. And I know I can get you there. It's just like if I'm a physical trainer at the gym, you want to change something. You'll, you will feel differently. And so I really challenge people to believe. I always say most things aren't binary, gender, sexuality, even mental health disorders. But happiness is. Happiness is binary. Have you broken down how you became so fearless? <laughs> Not. I'm scared of things all the time. <laughs> I have a lot on my list with work I'm very scared of. But but I also see that it extinct you get you have to choice. It's extinction or expansion. And, and this is what I mean by happiness is binary. Like you either say I'm just going to grow or I'm going to stay stuck here, which is what we see, which is why like I hate to take turn a political but when you look at the conservative party, they don't want things to change. That's not pro-life. That's anti-life. Life is evolution and growth. Things, life is change and change is good. So life is good. So I really lean into that. Whenever something is changing, I'm like, it must be time. It must be time for me to grow up a little bit. And I, and I, and I don't, I would never go back to my 20s. I was tits on a stick, had no real problems. And I still wouldn't go back to that. Because I didn't know my power, because I didn't know to be not to be so scared all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love this. I love life has changed or changes life. And sort of if you're not doing that, you're stagnating. It's entropy. Don't get attached to that because something greater is waiting for you. And if it feels difficult in the birthing process, oh, well. So there's also this sort of like I can stand in my sovereignty even when I'm risking loss. Does that make sense? Yes. And I love that because it's it's trusting your higher self, right? That you are on a path. You've, you've committed to, and you can look at your life and, and tell yourself a lot about how you feel about yourself because it didn't happen by accident. You know, the name of the game is intentional. Nothing happens by accident. Somebody somewhere put where you're at into motion. Hopefully it's you, right? Unless you're letting yourself be moved by rules and responsibilities and other people's obligations and expectations of you. But if you look around, your choices got you to where you are. And, you know, so I, I'm usually like, all right, well, I got myself into this. I'll get myself out of it. But usually that's by doing something different. So, like, I try, I have made friends with time. I have made fr rejection as protection because that's what expansion looks like. At every step, you have to be a little bit different, bigger, if anything. What do you mean rejection is protection? That's a nice provocative Beism. <laughs> that is just from life. But um, there's been so many, like even on my journey, you know, with the difference, man, like this is my business baby. A baby's only supposed to be nine or 10 months. This has been like three years where we're finally actually going to launch. This is like very precious to me. I feel like some days I feel like Frodo and I just like feel like raggedy and I don't even want to have this ring with me anymore. And some days I feel like Gollum and I'm like, nobody can touch this thing. I will die with this thing. And some days I feel like a deadbeat dad because women can be deadbeat dads too. And I just want to leave it alone and abandon my baby, you know. But I can honestly say, as I mentioned, we started with Alexa. I thought that's how I was going to be rich. I'm so glad that didn't work out because the guess what? The next year, all that stuff about privacy. And I remember like crying and asking God, like, I'm just trying to make people's lives. Why is this so hard for me every time? And look what happened. You know what I mean? And then I felt like Noah, if you're raising the church, Noah's Ark, you know, like he's building this boat. People always forget the part where everyone's like, dude, it hasn't rained here. We live in the fucking desert. Like, what are you building a boat for? And he was like, you'll see. And that's what I feel, felt like during Corona. All, I've been doing this for 10 years. This is literally my life's work. I was one of the first to move therapy online with video. 
this industry has come a long way. Me and Talkspace, we know each other. Me and Beth, we all, we all came up together. They know me. And now is the time that I've had all the failures. I've got to watch all the failures. I've got to watch the trends, watch the industry. And guess what happens? 10 years later, everybody's home and depressed. And I'm the queen of online therapy. And I'm at the right time mentally as a leader in my personal life, my knowledge to deliver on this dream that I had 10 years ago. And so I'm just so glad the last business didn't work out. The last two iterations, co-founder betrayals, Jesus Christ, you know, and, and it feels so much better and I feel more calm. And another thing that I want people to remember, when there's love, there's no confusion. And most anxiety and depression is related to confusion or conflict. So if you're feeling off about something, even if logically it makes sense, even if you chose that, even if you're like, oh, I told this is something I used to want, trust that conflict. Something is misaligned, right? So like, I just really trust when something feels off. I just want to get back to that place where all my needs are met, where I'm not questioning anything. Because I also believe that you only worry about the bills that aren't paid. So it's, for, it's not for me to dismiss any discomfort. I leave, if something is feeling bad, guess what? I need to know. I, I need to know what, what it is and, and how I get it out of my aura and energy field because it's fucking up everything else. It, it doesn't belong here. Resentment, judgment, it doesn't belong in my energy field because I'm at my best functioning, mood, partner, you know, when, 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 when all is well. Uh, this is queen of online therapy, I'm going to call you that now. Uh, but I love how you roll with the, roll with the shift. I will tell you as an entrepreneur, it's gestation is more like an elephant. It's like more than an elephant. It's three to five years before you can bring a baby to term. And all of the feelings you articulated uh, are totally normal. Like the desire to have a break and like not touch it again. And why did I start? Why did I buy myself a job that's actually like unending that never ends? Uh, that's all real. But then you have that moment where you see something that you put on a piece of paper manifest into something real. It, there's nothing like it. So I totally believe in you on that. I'm so dedicated to the divine feminine, to liberation, freedom and pleasure for women. So, yeah, just thank you so much, because there's so many in the field. We just see so many mental blocks that are seemingly unmovable about what women believe about their bodies and pleasure. And I'm just so committed to breaking that lie that we all believe, because if you look at us objectively, women are soft and sweet and smell good. And the way men treat us sometimes, if you look at it objectively, these dudes don't, you know, it's like, I, you know, especially, you know, I, I love women, you know, on both sides as friends as respect, but also sexually. And there's just no way, you know, cause I deal a lot with dudes too, that, that men are better. So it's weird how much we allow them to not appreciate just our bodies alone are fucking miracles. And they're so fun. So women, yeah, you're all tens automatically. Automatically, automatically, <laughs> really respect your power, the power of pussy, the power of pleasure, the power we have over these dudes. Like they lied to you that they really are less evolved, like get into it. <laughs> and if you're still uh, hanging on to any of those beliefs and you want to talk to somebody, don't hesitate to pick up the phone and do talk therapy and share that stuff. What is it? Partida de vida? Something like that. What you share you divide. Dolor compartida es dolor divida. Compartida is shared, divida is halved or divide. Yeah, share it. Tell a therapist, we can't judge you. And legally, we can't even gossip about it. Because you know I'm African, I love to gossip. All immigrants, I think, love to gossip. And legally, I can't gossip, I can't tell anybody. So just pour your heart out. There are so many secrets I have, no one will ever know. Oh my God, I adore you. 
<laughs> and therapists, we don't judge you. We have heard it all, all of it. <laughs> thank you so much. I love talking to you. Oh, thank you, Christine. This has been so great. I hope you have a new mantra. I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to do it alone. Remember what B said about sadness that is shared divides itself? The full quote that I found was, La alegría compartida se duplica, or joy that is shared multiplies or duplicates, and el dolor compartido se divide, that it divides itself. And let's remember that. You know, let's get the support we need to be free, to be agentic, to live our best lives. I know you can do it. Please find B. Arthur at BB Arthur on Instagram or visit her at thedifference.co. You'll love her. Find me as the.rose.woman and find my company, Rosebud Woman, also on Instagram. All of that intimate skincare stuff that I do is supports this podcast. And that's also about self-care and self-love and touching yourself from head to toe. So please check it out at rosewoman.com. You know what to do. Be free. Love your life. See you next time. <laughs>